This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Just one game of NHL action tonight in Winnipeg. The Jets currently on a three-game losing streak. Welcome in the St. Louis Blues. Puck drop at 6 o'clock tonight. You can catch it across the Sportsnet television network. Still two more days of NHL action to go before... All-star festivities get underway in Florida on Saturday. Three games Tuesday and two games on Wednesday. Of course, the Calgary Flames with an extended all-star break that began following their 5-2 win against the Seattle Kraken back on Friday night. Welcome to Sportsnet Today. It's Logan Gordon along with you. Very pleased to kick off this hour by going down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to not only chat about the uh, Winnipeg Jets, but to chat about his latest up at sportsnet.ca. Uh, Ken Weave joins us down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon. Thanks for doing this, Ken. How are you today? My pleasure, Logan. Thanks. Uh, doing well. Thank you. How, how are you? How about yourself? I'm doing well, thanks. Um, and, and Ken, I'd have to uh, to start with you today and, and ask your uh, your thoughts on the, uh, the passing of Bobby Hall at, at 84. An NHL legend uh, passes away. I guess your thoughts on on his uh, life and career. Yeah, I mean, Logan, it's a, it's a complicated uh, situation when it comes to Bobby Hull. Uh, it is, yeah. I think it's fair to say that uh, I, I probably wouldn't be covering an NHL hockey team if it were not for his uh, arrival in the community. Uh, he did a lot of great things as a hockey player, and uh, you know, his legacy is complicated by uh, a lot of allegations and uh, things that he has said publicly that kind of impact uh how people feel about the human being so uh you know thoughts are with the family anytime someone passes uh, he's a guy who is you know celebrated for his career but uh i mean there's a lot of a lot of things that make that issue quite uh, quite complex so um yeah i, I don't have a ton to say i know obviously uh, people, it was a topic of conversation around the rink today uh, he's a guy who did a lot to grow the game, but uh, again, it's it's hard to hard to find any type of balance when it comes to discussing, you know, his his entire body of work, I guess. So, yeah. and I, unfortunately, I don't have. I mean, I was listening with you uh, with Lou earlier. I think he uh, he tackled the hockey side uh, pretty well earlier. I don't really have a ton to add. I mean, at my age, I didn't uh, ever get to watch Bobby play, so uh, I know he's known for the big slapper and and all of that. Uh, but I don't have a ton to add in terms of in terms of the on ice product because I didn't really witness it. Uh, certainly did get a small glimpse of you know his caring of the fans. I mean, uh, I was part of the Old Timers Hockey Challenge tour a couple years, you know, a couple years. It's over ten years ago now, but uh, <laughs> yeah. maybe fifteen. 15 years ago uh, on a swing, uh, he was the guy who signed all the autographs. But uh, again, that's. It's hard, like I said, it's hard to really put a, a handle on uh, on that uh, situation, and it's you know something that probably will be continued to uh, be discussed uh, long after his passing. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. No, appreciate your uh, your words on that. I know it's a, a difficult subject for many to uh, to balance the on and off ice accomplishments and 
um, the back and forth around uh, someone as complicated as as Bobby Hall. We do appreciate that, uh, Ken, very much. I know it's a tough one to uh, to tackle. Um, on ice, and as far as uh, the team that you see most often in the Winnipeg Jets, uh, they're the lone uh, game on the matchup schedule tonight for the NHL. They'll welcome in the St. Louis Blues, and uh, somebody's going to end a losing streak tonight, Ken. The Jets uh, finding some inconsistency in their game the last little while. Uh, it's been win a couple, lose a couple, and most recently uh, lose a couple, including decisions in Nashville, Buffalo, and uh, against the Philadelphia Flyers. What's uh, What's been the latest cause of uh, consternation for the Jets? Yeah, just a little bit of inconsistency here, Logan, uh, when it comes to their on-ice product. Uh, obviously, Rick Bonus not thrilled. I mean, the block of games maybe between six and eight probably hasn't loved their game, even though they, I guess they've lost now five out of those seven. So they're also less than two weeks removed from their best game of the year against the Pittsburgh Penguins. So they're in a little bit of a precarious, it would not maybe be the right word, but they've been having trouble committing to the structure defensively, which has been an area of, you know, great attention and focus for this season overall for their group. Uh, their goaltenders have been a little bit overworked in terms of the uh, high danger and grade A opportunities they've had to face of late. Uh, and their puck management has been, you know, very poor, sort of feeding the transition game of their opponents uh, in both the game against Buffalo, uh, where the Jets were kind of a no-show for the first time in a long time. And obviously, I know you heard the comments, Rick Bonus uh, firing with both barrels at his uh, difference makers the other night, basically saying they were nowhere to be found. So, uh, you know, Rick's been very direct and honest with his group uh, throughout the course of the year. It's been one of the things they've said has been welcome, but uh, this is probably the first I mean, they've dealt with adversity in terms of injuries, but in terms of the quality of their play, this has sort of been the biggest challenge since Rick has taken over the hockey club, and uh, he quite publicly challenged them, and we know he privately challenged them as well. So uh, the response is going to be something that uh, all all people around the hockey world will be looking at today. And uh, the one thing for the Jets, uh, the, the St. Louis Blues are a team that – generally brings out their best, uh, you know, maybe with the exception of the 2019 playoff series. But, uh, you know, when these two teams get together, it's usually uh, very intense hockey, very competitive and very physical. And, you know, like, as you mentioned, uh, the Blues also struggling. I listened to the game, uh, you know, parts of the game on Saturday as well. We had a, you know, a real fervor, fervorish uh, finish, but uh, fell behind 3 nothing. So, and lost that one 4-2 to two in a game that, you know, I mean, Blues are in a really – tough spot. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're going to have to decide if they're going to be selling or, uh, I mean, they've got a couple of high profile pending UFAs that are going to attract plenty of interest leading into March 3rd. And, you know, they're just sort of, they're, they're hanging around the line that, I mean, Doug Armstrong has made difficult decisions before. So I would imagine that uh, his phone lines will be heating up here during the next month for sure. But uh, yeah, it's a big test for the Jets and for the Blues. Uh, they're both. Neither team I expect to be coasting into the break. I expect this to be a really, uh, you know, high intense affair here. Uh, before we move on from the Jets, Ken, I, I'd like to ask you about Blake Wheeler and uh, the season that's been for him. He's got six points, I believe, in the last five games out for Winnipeg, and it was an interesting start to the season. Obviously, whenever you talk about a change of leadership and a change of, you know, how things are done from that perspective with a new coach coming in, there's there's going to be question marks and there's going to be a lot of back and forth. And I think Blake was one of the guys that was pretty clearly frustrated with how things have gone in Winnipeg the last little while. Um, he, he's on pace to have a great season so far. It looks like he's contributing in more ways and has really bought into what Winnipeg's doing this season. How would you view you know, what's coming up on game 52 of the season with Blake Wheeler and all the changes he's had to go through this year? 
Yeah, I mean, for sure it was a, you know, blow to the ego early, I would imagine. Uh, you know, he's a guy who took great pride in being a captain. He's, you know, planted some firm roots in this community, being here all 12 seasons. The, the team has been back for the 2.0 version. Uh, he's dealt with some injuries also as well this year. I mean, this will be his 43rd game. I think there's been some incredible highs for Wheeler as, as he's had stretches where he's kind of turned back to the clock to the, maybe not quite the 2018 version, but uh, he's been a very, you know, key contributor, you know, for the hockey club and a team that needs, you know, is has a very skilled top six. He's been an important cog uh, in that wheel. I mean, we know he is battling against father time at 36 years old. He's got over, a thousand games on the NHL odometer. So, I mean, there have been some nights where um, Blake has, you know, there's some nights where he doesn't have his grade A legs, I guess, but uh, it's never been a matter, matter of uh, compete level or effort when it comes to Blake. I think he's he's probably going to benefit from the break here. I would imagine he'll come back recharged and um, be quite, you know, quite important for them during the final 30 games of, of the regular season here and beyond into the playoffs are going to need him to continue to be a key contributor. I mean, I know maybe folks in Calgary weren't aware of the injury. I mean, he took a, a shot in a place where you don't want to be shot <laughs> yeah. uh, with a puck that was deflected. And uh, I mean, <laughs> shockingly came back and played in the third period before requiring surgery for repairs. So, um, you know, he, he's done a nice job of, of leading in his own way, uh, even though he was, you know, removed had the C removed which would have been challenging but uh, Rick Bonus talked about the importance of you know having more more voices have more carry more weight and I think that that sort of community leadership uh, I mean the Flames fans know this very well too they've got a bunch of leaders on that team and um, I think that the Jets have been a good example of that and, and you know that doesn't work unless Blake buys into that and he certainly has. Uh, chatting with Ken Weeb, Sportsnet.ca contributor, and of course uh, covers the Winnipeg Jets on a regular basis. Uh, down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon. Ken, your latest uh, Weeb's World up at Sportsnet.ca yesterday with a couple of uh, really great stories, um, you know, across the National Hockey League. And the one that that struck me is the main piece there. And you're talking about Dylan Strome and finding a home with the Washington Capitals. And he was one of those guys that I was really intrigued to see this season because. As you mentioned in the article, he was, you know, along with a couple of other young guys in Chicago, in Alex DeBrinkett and Kirby Dock, were told that they weren't going to be part of this new process, despite being, you know, younger players when it comes to the NHL. He was one of those three that was told, we're going to go in a different direction without you. And he took a chance on himself in Washington, and so far, so good for Dylan Strome. Yeah, it's a it's a fascinating topic of conversation. I mean, this isn't a guy who's been you know kind of a twelve year journeyman that's bounced around. This is a this is a third overall draft pick yeah. here, a guy who uh, had already been moved once in his career and kind of a high profile deal in itself. So, uh, I mean, that would be something to me. It was fascinating when he came through town. I mean, I was just I'm always curious how guys handle this, especially young guys. I mean, because I mean Dylan Strom was a you know high high end prospect, high end pick, uh, you know, pretty productive. And all of a sudden, you know, you wake up one morning, you hear some whispers, oh, man, they may not qualify. Well, we're scared of an arbitration award. Come on. I mean, I've been, I was one of the most productive players on a bad team, and now you think you can move on without me. I mean, uh, but there too, you also can't feel sorry for yourself because I think, as you said, this happened on a Friday and free agency opened on Wednesday. So um, whirlwind of emotions. And I think he's such a well-spoken kind of young guy. And I thought his perspective was quite fascinating and, uh, just sort of the way he was able to recalibrate so quickly and, you know, sort of look at an opportunity 
And the fact that his brother Ryan was going through the same thing, but for Ryan, he was looking to cash in with a longer-term deal, whereas Dylan was thinking, you know what, I'll take a one-year deal, bet on myself, I'm still an RFA. You know, he knew that, you know, there was some uncertainty about Nick, Nicholas Backstrom's future. He knows that Kuznetsov is, you know, probably was going to be the number one centerman there. But, I mean, here's a guy that went from the scrap heap to being on the top line for a good chunk of the first half of the season here. So, and he's really, you know, acquitted himself quite well with the Capitals and, uh, I would say it's a pretty safe bet that he will be receiving a qualifying offer from the Capitals this <laughs> offseason. They, they're probably going to be looking to get him uh, into a longer-term deal. And, I mean, that's just a great uh, an example of intestinal fortitude. I mean, you know, sometimes in this in this game it can be tough. Uh, you, you get challenged, and how you respond can kind of be sort of more of a defining moment for your career. And it, it would have been easy for Dylan Strom to kind of feel sorry for himself and kind of, you know, fade into the background, but, you know, he's a guy who believes in his abilities and played with some pretty high-end players, and I thought he had some great insight, too, on, on Connor McDavid, uh, you know, and everyone's been talking about McDavid chasing the Rocket Richard Trophy. I mean, there's a guy who played in line with him at times with the Uri Otters, and was like, well, hey, people forget that, you know, he scored 40 a bunch of times. This is the fourth time he's already scored 40, so now we're surprised that he's in the mix, even though, um, you know, this has sort of been a skill of his, but because he always has so many assists, people don't look at him as a as a finisher. So, mm-hmm. yeah, super interesting guy, and uh, you know, those are feel good stories when guys sort of go through some tough circumstances and, and come back on the other side and show that uh, you know show that they're pretty good players. And again, he's a guy who's very, like I said, very well spoken, and you know, it would be easy for people to say, ah, you know, I don't really want to talk about it. I want to focus on the on the future, but. Uh, he was very gracious in his time in, in dealing with what would have been a challenging personal situation. Another young guy that you talk about in your latest at sportsnet.ca, and I think a lot of it applies, a lot of those same things that you just said about Dylan, I think apply to this next young man as well, but in a different sense, because this young man obviously hasn't changed teams, but you talk about you know adversity and having to battle through some tough times. Well, Carter Hart has certainly seen his fair of hard times in his time in Philly, and as his head coach was, you know, pointing out, Ken, it's not the easiest place to play goal for even the best of the best, let alone a, a young man who's come in with such high expectations. But despite what's been, a, you know, a disappointing year for the Flyers, Carter Hart's been one that's really shined through for them and one that's garnering a lot of respect around the NHL for what he's doing. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and he was, I mean, quite frankly, the reason that, that they were even, I don't know, now they're seventh in their division, but I mean, uh, he's a guy that's kind of kept on the line, quite frankly. I mean, this is a guy who's playing at, I, I understand the box card numbers are not great and, you know, more likely that the average in terms of save percentage. But uh, if you look at, you know, how poorly that team defended, and I loved how open John Tortorella was in saying that, hey, <laughs> the biggest problem for our team going into the year was needing to be better in front of them. And to be quite frank, we haven't been really good on a lot of nights. So uh, he sort of stabilized the position that, as you said, has really been in flux. And, you know, it's kind of put a lot of goalies, good goalies through the ringer there and uh, he's got such a great demeanor to him and you know he's a guy who doesn't you know he has very good intensity but he's also very calm so uh you know he played great on saturday against the jets i know the jets felt they had some really but but hart was sharp when he had to be and that was his first shutout of the year and uh it's kind of interesting i mean sometimes when you do those interviews at you know four o'clock for a six o'clock game you don't get anything out of it uh, instead, this was one of those examples where Carter Hart actually, you know, made made the words of John Tortorella kind of seem pretty prophetic in terms of uh, just how much he's valued his, uh, you know, not only his ability but the way he conducts himself on a daily basis for a team that, you know, quite frankly has been going through quite a bit of turmoil and you know, 
every day are wondering what's going to happen next. I mean, uh, there's been a lot happening with the Flyers. Are they going to re, you know, totally reload and, and what kind of trades are going to be made? I mean, this is a team that hasn't had Ryan Ellis in the lineup at all. Uh, Sean Couturier on the, on the shelf with the back issue. I mean, it's, there's been a lot happening, but uh, you know, the one thing that, that they've been able to rely on uh, quite consistently has been the play of Carter Hart and, you know, uh, he's the, if you have good good to elite goaltending, you know, you can get things turned around uh, in, a, in an awfully quick hurry. And I think that's what the Flyers are going to be counting on, uh, no matter what they do here leading up to March 3rd. Uh, you cover a lot of topics on your, your latest here at Sportsnet.ca, but the one that uh, I loved reading back on was, uh, you know, going back on a couple of your stories that you wrote about Jared Bednar and the note that, you know, all of a sudden this guy has become the franchise leader in wins uh, for the Colorado Avalanche, 267th and 502 career NHL games when they got a victory over the St. Louis Blues. And, uh, you know, what a story Jared Bednar is. I don't know enough people are talking about it, Ken, because there was a time where I'm sure even Jared Bednar, and I'm sure talking to him, didn't think that he would be a Stanley Cup champion with the Colorado Avalanche, let alone a, a leader in, in franchise wins for that team. Yeah, bang on, Logan. I love the Jared Bednar story, not just because I wrote it, but, man, if you look back, I mean, Patrick Watt quitting so, so you know, short before training camp, you know, the, the Avalanche were the worst team in the NHL by a considerable margin. Some people in the outside world, uh, you know, all the noise was, oh, this guy's not even going to make it through his first season. What a terrible hire. You know, and I didn't even, you know, Bednar's a guy who just had finished winning the Calder Cup with the, the Lake Erie Monsters, right? So mm. this is a guy who had great success in the East Coast there at ECHL with the South Carolina Stingrays. Uh, you know, journeyman player, really smart and sharp. But he almost, you know, saw that career, not career, but I mean, that chapter could have ended after one season were it not for the confidence displayed in Joe Sackick, who knew exactly why he hired him in the first place under those tough circumstances and knew why it was important to give him a mulligan. And, uh, you know, they really worked at the culture of that team. And, you know, within five years, I mean, I love this. I was so fortunate, Logan, Logan, to be on the ice, you know, half an hour after the Avalanche won the championship last year. And there's the picture of the five guys who had been on the team, Bednar's first team, and that were still there. And like the joy those guys were able to feel knowing that they went from, you know, literally worst to first to the top of the mountain in a five-year span uh, was quite a, you know, just the, the scene, seeing those guys with just pure joy and elation. And you appreciate the joy even more when you've, you know, felt the depths of the absolute low, lowest of the lows. And, you know, to a man, all those players said how big an impact that uh, Bednar's had on them in terms of the winning culture he's instilled. And, uh, yeah, just a, just a great story shared by, you know, by the guy who convinced him, Jason Fitzpatrick, right? So to convince him on one night over, you know, he should come over for a, for a, for a pop or two. And, you know, at the start of the discussion, Jared was ready to play another season in the ECHL as a captain and defenseman. And by the end of it, he was the assistant coach. And, you know, before long, he was taking over the team. And just a, just a fascinating, you know, not everyone, it's just like the players, Logan. Not everyone's the first overall pick that, uh, you know, has a smooth ride the whole way. I mean, Jared Bednar is a guy who also appreciates the journey because a lot of that journey was spent on, on bus rides playing three and threes in the ECHL where the NHL felt like a long way away, uh, let alone, you know, being able to lift that Stanley Cup over his head uh, last year. Uh, it's a remarkable story and one that uh, was great to look back on as part of your piece there. I uh, can't recommend enough. you got some great stories in there, Ken. As always, I really appreciate the time. Anytime we get to chat, Ken, thanks so much for your time, uh, especially on a game day. Enjoy the Jets game tonight, and we'll chat with you again soon, hey? 
Yeah, great talking to you as well, Logan. Have a have a great time, and I know it's not a full break for you, but uh, enjoy the time between games. I guess. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks Appreciate guys. that. Thanks, Ken. Ken Weeb joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Uh, contributor for Sportsnet.ca. His latest Weeb's World Up uh, yesterday. Some of the stories we talked about there: Dylan Strom, Jared Bednar, but uh, also you know Rick Bonus's um, uh, view on the Bruce Boudreau situation in Vancouver. Connor McDavid's battle for a Rocket Richard. Um, and not just a points title, but perhaps winning the NHL's goal-scoring title. There's stuff on the Eastern Conference playoff race, which is really going to be interesting after the All-Star break. And, of course, uh, all things Jets. You can head to uh, Ken's Twitter, at WiebsWorld, uh, W-I-E-B-E-S World, uh, on Twitter for the latest. And you can always catch his uh, stuff at Sportsnet.ca. He was kind enough to join us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon. We'll take a break, come back on the other side. Uh, we'll get you hyped up for not a Flames game, but another game that we've got on our airwaves uh, a little bit later on this week. And we'll take our first look at the Super Bowl preview. Uh, the Battle of the Kelsey Brothers will take place in a couple weeks in Arizona. How did we get to the Chiefs and the Eagles in a Super Bowl? We'll talk about that next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. So there's no Flames hockey for a while. You do have one NHL game on the Sportsnet uh, television side of things to watch tonight. You got the old Jets and the Blues going head-to-head. Six o'clock puck drop. But our airwaves will be flameless for a while. But don't worry. We'll have you covered. Coming up on Thursday, if you haven't heard yet, it's the Sportsnet 960 Beer League broadcast, and it's back. It's back. We're back. We're back. It's back, baby. It's back. Windsport Event Center where the Calgary Lushes will dominate the Whalers. We do this every year. We get a couple beer league teams. We broadcast it for the whole city. Whatever version of Pat Steinberg is left after a Vegas vacation is going to be broadcasting with Russick and Rose. It's just a shell of his former self. Yeah, whatever. Like, There's going to be like 5% of Pat left. The rest of the time will just be regenerating. Negative $17 in his bank account. Negative like 1700 maybe. And we're gonna we're gonna do a, a whole professional broadcast while the lushes skate circles around the whalers. That's just how it's gonna go. It's a great event. Wild Rose Brewery and Tuxedo Source for Sports making this happen. We've got new jerseys for the teams. I mean, the whalers probably won't want to see their jerseys. It's gonna be like a, it's a hard memory. You know what I mean? Like, looking back at a picture of you and an ex, like, oh, it's just bad memories. I don't want to relive this. That's kind of what the Whalers are going to be. The, the Lushes are probably going to get theirs framed. That's that's what I'm expecting is going to happen. And not only can you listen to the game, guys, but you can come and support the Lushes on Thursday. You're looking for something to do. A whole Sportsnet 960 crew is going to be there. Come and say hi. Yeah, come say hi. Or don't. Hang out with us. Our boss is going to be there. Tell, Tell them how you think the station doing. should be run. 
He loves one-on-one opinions. Corner him in a spot and tell him all the stupid things that you think should be happening on the stage. You can do that. Should Taylor and Logan get races? Hell yeah. Uh, And me, right? Yeah, Taylor and Logan, totally. Do you hear a do you hear a voice in the studio here, Logan? I don't. I will turn <laughs> off all of your microphones. <laughs> you want yeah, you want to come and see Russick and Rose do their thing in person and you know, get down and defeated on themselves for choosing the whalers instead of the lushes? You can come and do that. Because not only is it gonna be an entertaining game, we got Brent Cron and Paul Cruz coming to ref it. So you know it's gonna be good. These two teams play each other all the time in Calgary Beer League. But we're going to have prizes for the fans. We don't, we, don't, we don't just want you know friends and family. Come on out and watch it. We're going to do intermission games. We're going to do all of it. We're going to have camera crews. Taylor's agreed to her one non-work night a year coming out with the rest of us and associating with the station. It's going to be tremendous. You're not going to want to miss it. So come to the Wind Sport Event Center. Doors are open at 6. Puck drop is at 7. You can listen right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. But we'd love for you to come out and spend the evening with us. Right, Cam? I would like nothing more than to see all of our listeners at the Event Center. All seven of you <laughs> right there at Wind Sport. To the dozen of you that are listening, yes. come out. To the millions of podcast downloads, come on out. Yeah, the whole crew's going to be there. I'll be there and some I don't know what I'm doing. I keep getting told different things. What's your job? What do you I do? don't know. I'm supposed to be in the locker rooms pregame with the camera crew. Oh god. Which is you know, I'm a dude. I've been in some locker rooms before. It's not exactly a you know, peak performance job for me. So I think everybody is What you clothed. don't like being in those rooms? I'm hoping everyone's clothed appropriately for a camera crew to be in there being in hockey locker rooms is a very scary thing yeah it's it's not 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 exactly gonna be the flames locker room if you know what i mean so we'll do that i think i think i'm in between the benches i'm gonna do some interviews like i'm gonna go in coaches and players mid-game i'll try to pull cron it'll be easy to pull cron over because like he told us today he's not he's just going blue line to blue line He's not actually going to go into either offensive or defensive zone, so I'll be able to grab him and get instant analysis right away. Live from the blue line. Yeah, that's what we're that's essentially what we're going to do. So you don't want to miss it. It's going to be a blast. The Lushes are going to crush it. We're looking forward to a great party with them uh, at Wild Rose afterwards. That's going to be fantastic. I, You know what I really hope, guys? I just hope the Whalers are okay Coming to the after party, you know what I mean? Yeah, they might it's be like, really low tough. spirit exactly. after just getting right wrecked for yeah, sixty you minutes. You don't want to. I want to ruin the night. No, it's I just hope, yeah, I hope that they can, they can, you know, buck up for the team. It's going to be tough. I get. it. I know. You don't want to. No one wants to come with that kind of ads after a loss. But it's going to be a, a great event. We're going to have a ton of fun. So again, Thursday, February second. Win Sport Event Center, doors at 6, puck drop is at 7. If you're coming to watch the game, we're going to have prizes. 
the people out in the stands. We're going to do a bunch of intermission games. So come out and have some fun with us. Our uh, Beer League broadcast is back, and it's brought to you by our good friends at Wild Rose Brewery and Tuxedo Source for Sports. Wild Rose uh, Brewery is your home for quality craft beer in Alberta. You can find it in pubs, restaurants, and liquor stores around this great province, or check out their tap room in southwest Calgary seven days a week. Uh, wanted to switch things over to the NFL story from yesterday. The Eagles and the Chiefs punching their ticket to the Super Bowl in two weeks' time. A couple of firsts in this one uh, in a couple of weeks. It'll be the first battle of brothers in a Super Bowl ever. Travis Kelsey, the tight end for the Chiefs, taking on his brother Jason, the center for the Philadelphia Eagles. That's going to be a great one. Looking forward to uh, what should be a great matchup. The two number one seeds in both conferences have made their way to the Super Bowl. It's Mahomes versus Hurts. Had a couple of great games yesterday. Uh, the Chiefs coming out on top with a late drive that would lead to this game-winning field goal from Harrison Butker. This will be a 45-yard attempt from the far hash. At eight seconds to go in regulation, Cincinnati does have one timeout left. Harrison Butker, the biggest kick of his Chiefs life. Placement is down. Butker's kick is up. The spinning kick high, floating in the air, and it is good! 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 Did Cincinnati call timeout? They did not! They did not! They did not! It's a field goal from 45 yards out by Harrison Butker with three seconds to go in regulation. And that thing just hung up in the air. And it did hang up in the air, but it also hung up long enough for them to go through the uprights and to seal a victory for the Kansas City Chiefs. A late roughing penalty assessed to the Cincinnati Bengals on that drive. A hit to Patrick Mahomes out of bounds. Gives them an extra 15 yards and puts them in field goal range for Harrison Butker and Jill Burrow and the Bengals fighting all day long but not able to overcome the Chiefs at Arrowhead. And it was a fired-up group. In case you missed it, Travis Kelsey, real fired-up post-game on the podium uh, as part of the Kansas City Chiefs leadership group accepting the AFC Championship trophy. And he had words uh, for a certain mayor in Cincinnati that had been doing some trash talk uh, before the game. I appreciate you. How about this beautiful trophy? Huh? Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. You gotta fight for your right to party! I knew he was gonna be up for one more of those. There's there's Travis Kelsey giving it to the mayor of Cincinnati who had some trash talk of his own for the, the, the Chiefs ahead of this one. Travis Kelsey, all kinds of fired up to be going back to another Super Bowl. And as he also talked about postgame, pretty cool opportunity for him to go up against his brother in a Super Bowl. You won't see me talking too much trash because of how much respect and how much uh, I love uh, I love my brother, but... Um, it's just, it's definitely going to be, uh, it's going to be an emotional game. That's for sure. And it should be an outstanding game too. Eagles coming into this one favored, 
by two points. They didn't have much trouble getting over uh, the San Francisco 49ers, who lost Brock Purdy early in this one to an elbow injury, and Jalen Hurts just did his thing in a victory. Hurts again under center. He sneaks, he pushes, and he is in. Touchdown, Jalen Hurts. I'm going to say this. The Eagles are 15 minutes and 43 seconds away from the Super Bowl. Yes, they are Super Bowl bound. Glendale, Arizona, the matchup opening at uh, 50 and a half points. Eagles steamroll the 49ers 31 to 7. Final score in that Chiefs Bengals game was 23 20 with that game winning field goal. Both teams finished atop their respective conferences with identical 14-3 and records during the regular season. First trip to the Super Bowl since 2017 for Philly. Well, they were victorious there. Kansas City has now advanced to the Super Bowl in three of its last four campaigns. You'll remember that 2017 victory for Philly uh, because of Nick Foles, the Philly special, uh, and now they look to do so. Not as much as an underdog, but as an actual favorite heading into this game. Uh, depending on where you look, they're favored by one or two points. Uh, on the spread heading into this one. So it looks like it's uh, favored by most of the bookmakers at a pretty even game. So looking forward to what should be a great Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. We have the revamped Pro Bowl games to get through in the next week or so here. Really looking forward to those. That should be a lot of fun while we wait uh, until February 12th, uh, Sunday. Going to be a great one between the Eagles and the Chiefs. We'll get more into this. As we get closer to the big game, but uh, two outstanding performances and really looking forward to this year's Super Bowl. Some other NFL news. Uh, the NFL uh, reported by uh, Tom Pelissero and Ian Rappaport uh, looking at a massive jump of the salary cap this season. Uh, it's going to come in at $224.8 million, and that represents a jump of over $16 million from this year's cap, which is set at 2082 that's the second consecutive year the cap has increased. Um, obviously, a couple years with COVID in there. You didn't see uh, nearly the same kind of increases. There were some dips there for a while. Uh, so part of this new TV contracts kicking in, new media contracts, streaming rights, all that sort of things. And, of course, the addition of a 17th regular season game. So a salary cap going up by $16 million in the NFL. So... Pretty much every team is going to have some money to spend, but as of right now, Sport Track uh, has the um, Chicago Bears projected with the most salary cap heading into the offseason. Just a cool $98.6 million to spend if you are the Chicago Bears. They also currently hold the number one overall selection in the draft and will look to uh, supply young quarterback uh, Justin Fields with some talent. Uh, as they have almost $100 million to spend. And uh, another offensive coordinator job filled in the NFL. Uh, doesn't take long for Kellen Moore to find his new home. He's joining the Los Angeles Chargers as their offensive coordinator. Uh, Moore and the Cowboys mutually agreed to part ways yesterday after uh, he has spent uh, the last couple years calling plays offensively for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, he was their quarterback coach back in 2018. Uh, and just 24 hours after mutually parting ways with the Cowboys, he finds his new home. Uh, he'll be calling plays for Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers. Cowboys offensive ranks for um, 
Kellen Moore's career as their offensive coordinator. Pretty strong, actually. Uh, 11th in yards per game, 4th in points per game this season. Uh, they sent a couple of players to the Pro Bowl. Uh, Tony Pollard, CeeDee Lamb among those. Uh, Los Angeles, with despite some of the premier offensive talent in the league, Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, um, one of the surprising worst teams offensively in the year, just 13th in points per contest. They fired offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi earlier this month. Moore was, of course, a former quarterback himself, spending time with the Detroit Lions and the Dallas Cowboys as a backup quarterback following a standout career at Boise State. That's the uh, NFL side of things. Did want to mention this as well uh, from a CFL perspective. Huge news for the Calgary Stampeders this afternoon. They announced that they have re-signed all-star tackle Derek Dennis to a one-year contract. He is back in the red and white for what will be, uh, as Derek announced, his final CFL season, his final pro career uh, will, will come to an end following this season. Derek Dennis, uh, two-time CFL All-Star, a West Division All-Star on four occasions. He was set to become a free agent on February 14th as part of the uh, release. Here's what GM and head coach Dave Dickinson had to say. Uh, quote, Derek continues to play at a high level. He's a vital part of our success, and we look forward to him playing championship football for the Calgary Stampeders in 2023. Uh, Derek still undergoing uh, rehab for a season-ending leg injury. Um, but he had an outstanding 2022. He had 14 starts at left tackle. I mentioned he was division CFL All-Star. Still wound up being Calgary's nominee for league's most outstanding offensive lineman. Uh, the O-line for the Stamps allowing just 17 sacks, which is 12 fewer than the next best team in that category, and helping them lead the CFL with 135.3 rushing yards per game uh, as Kadeem Carey won the CFL's rushing crown. He suffered that late season leg ending leg injury, excuse me, easy for me to say, uh, late in a game against BC in week 16. 95 career regular season games and postseason games in the CFL. 78 of those in three separate stints with the Calgary Stampeders. He won uh, league's most outstanding offensive lineman in 2016 and was part of the championship squad in 2018. So Derek Dennis... Back to where I would say he's you know, continuing to build off of his tremendous CFL career. He's had a couple of different stops along the way, but when I look at Derek Dennis, I see uh, a guy that spent his most important time and his best time as a player with the Calgary Stampeders and will be a very important part of uh, trying to recreate what they did last season. I mentioned the, the rushing yards were huge. The protection numbers were huge. And uh, for Jake Mayer's first CFL season as the guy coming up for the Calgary Stampeders, this is a massive re-signing uh, for them. Their O-line always a priority in Calgary. That's never in question when you've got guys like Sean McEwen, Derek Dennis. You lost uh, Julian Good-Jones to uh, the NFL. You're going to need some veterans in there to sort of set that tone for the Calgary Stampeders. And uh, Derek Dennis does just that. So it's going to be huge for him. And uh, hopefully it's a fitting send-off for Derek Dennis in what will be his final CFL season in 2023. So uh, fingers crossed rehab goes well for Derek, and he's uh, able to be out there in a couple months' time when the Calgary Stampeders get things going. Uh, like I mentioned, CFL free agency right around the corner here. We are uh, just about two weeks away from the CFL's 
2023 edition of free agency kicking off. Still some big names out there. The Calgary Stampeders have a couple uh, that they're wondering about as far as the stamps go. You're talking about Flair and Orimilade on the defensive side of things. Jameer Thurman, the captain in the middle, still unsigned by the team. Will that get done before the 14th? You have to think that's a major priority for the Calgary Stampeders and GM Dave Dickinson over the next couple of weeks. Yes, they got uh, Silas Stewart done uh, recently as well, and they've made a couple of uh, big re-signings this offseason, but for me, uh, you're talking about bringing back veterans like uh, Derek Dennis. You know, Jameer Thurman's got to be at the top of that list as well if you're the Calgary Stampeders. Sean Lemon, does he come back for another season? Uh, somehow his 11th season in the CFL might have been his best. He uh, turned 34 but was second in the league in sacks. He tied his career high with 14, four forced fumbles, 29 tackles. Um. Go to imagine there's going to be some more interest in Sean Lemon if he wants to uh, go elsewhere, but the Calgary Stampeders might be wise to bring back their most effective pass rusher from last season as well. So CFL free agency, a couple weeks away, but the Calgary Stampeders getting a massive uh, part of their offensive line back. They have re-signed Derek Dennis to a one-year contract. It'll be his last in the CFL. Uh, that'll do it for our show today. Thank you to uh, all of our guests, Peter Labardius and Ken Weave, for joining us. You can find them on the podcast, wherever you get your podcast: Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. Talked Flames at the 50-game mark with Lou. Talked about Ken Weave's latest at Sportsnet.ca. Uh, Weave's World, a look around the NHL. Some great stories on Dylan Strom, Jared Bednar, Carter Hart, uh, if you want to catch up on some of those. We also did our... Late NHL Flames midseason awards. Uh, so if you want to go back to hour one and catch up on any of those or have your say on them, the podcast is up. Uh, we did MVP. We did best forward, best defenseman. Uh, we did new flame. Taylor cheated, but we're going to allow it. That's okay. Uh, and we also did most disappointing. So you can go back and uh, catch the podcast for any of those. Uh, if you missed it, uh, they're always available on demand. Like I said, wherever you get your podcast or on the website at sportsnet.ca. We'll take a break. Come back on the other side. It's time for the Hockey PDO cast with Dmitry Filipovich on a Monday. And uh, keep it tuned uh, here a little bit later as Sportsnet today will be back with uh, Aaron Vickers and Peter Klein a little bit later on this afternoon. We'll be back tomorrow here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.